It's the blockbuster that launched a dozen Roland Emmerich movies. Welcome everyone to Rebooted, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week we're talking about the 1994 action sci-fi summer blockbuster Stargate starring James Spader, Kurt Russell, Jay Davidson, Millie Avital, and Alex Cruz. Um, I thought this movie was better than it was when I was a child. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I, I I don't know if this caught you off guard, but who was the actor in this movie that you were most confused to see on screen, and why was it French Stewart? <laughs> that his very first movie. And he's he's he really stands out as someone who's never done basic training in his life. <laughs> there is a point where he's like shooting a gun so haphazardly that I was like, did he audition? Like, <laughs> I'm confused. Well, the translation of the inner track is wrong. Must have used Budge. I don't know why they keep reprinting his books. Uh, ex- excuse me. Uh, what, what are you doing? We, we've used every known technique. It's a curious word to use, eh, Kevin? Yeah. Then an adverbial, Sijimenev, sealed, <laughs> buried. Excuse me. Uh, what, what, what are you? What are you doing? Not coughing. For all time. Who the hell translated this? I, I, I did. Well, this should read: a Million years into the sky is raw sun god sealed and buried for all time. Stop door to heaven. Is Stargate. <laughs> Alright, I assume we'll stop somewhere around two minutes and not watch t- two hours. Is the whole movie on YouTube? Yeah, the whole movie is on YouTube. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I really just wanted Why? to get to the part where he says the name of the movie. I mean, it made it easy for me because sometimes I'm looking for clips and they just don't have the right clip. So I was like, I'll just open this whole movie and pick what I want to pick. Oh, my God. The whole movie is on YouTube just for just for free. Yeah. For educational purposes. <laughs> Did the Co- Library of Congress deem this necessary to American education? Um, we're not casting right yet, but I just have to say uh, – not only is Richard Kind in the reboot, he's in the whole he's in the whole movie. Richard Kind's looking yeah. great in this, by the way. I really justice for Richard Kind's character because first of all, he's a national treasure. And second of all, he spent two years working on something that James Spader rolls in and it's just like, mm, this is mm, this is all wrong. And I was like, <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> this is his life for two years. Could you imagine working on something for two years just to find out that everything you've done was incorrect? Like, not even one thing he said was, did he translate anything correct? Nothing, nothing was right. The whole thing was a complete disaster. It was just like articles that he had done correctly. It was like the everything else is wrong. A, everything else is wrong. (laughs) Uh, welcome everybody to Rebooted. If you're just joining us, uh, my name is Brian Flynn. With me, as always, is Kenna Trent, uh, and we were, are going to take a classic Hollywood film and recast it as if it was to be remade today in our, uh, you know, wildly ever-growing and original moviescape. 
Um, this week we're talking about Stargate, as you may have known. Um, I, I assume you, you had seen this movie, right? When it, I uh, when it yes. came out? Or, yeah. No, um, I was like three when this came out. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Um, but I did see so it. Much and... more. That hurts so much more than you realize. <laughs> and then, of course, in the late 90s, I watched the TV series. Yes. Um, this was tricky to do, knowing that it had spawned not one, but two uh, television, like fairly successful television series. Um, Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. B- but before we get to talking about a 2023 version of this movie, we have some reboot news to kind of go through and we haven't been we haven't gotten together in a long time so i feel like this this has kind of piled up but um we put we plucked two oh, i'm just reading the headlines we plucked two headlines to kind of go through because we thought they were maybe the most important um and there's one more i want to actually there's one i want to bring up maybe up the top which was this week Warner Brothers mm-hmm. announced that they were trying to they're trying to remake Harry Potter into an, like an HBO Max TV series. Right. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because everyone that I talk to feels like this is a really bad idea or maybe not bad idea, but like a why idea. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, why? too soon. Too way soon. too soon. Way too soon. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think people's initial reactions are correct in that it does not sound like a great idea. I'm not necessarily interested in a season-long arc of each book, and I really am not particularly interested in J.K. Rowling's point of view or um, giving her tons of money. So, yeah, I it, it really is a case of like, have we run out of ideas? Have we run out of ideas and we just have to keep going back to this well? It, it, the, the, it, I'm, a, I'm a very big fan of, I was going to say, J.K. Rowling's politics. No, I. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. I love the. I love the the original movies. Like they mm-hmm. have become classics in my household. Uh, like yearly watchings around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like I. Yeah. These movies made stars out of Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Emma Watson, and to an extent, Rupert. Rupert Gint, uh, Grint, Gint, Grint. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like this to me feels like Warner's has zero confidence in the Fantastic Beasts, uh, mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. But instead of saying like, okay, well that one collapsed because we didn't do it right, maybe there's something else we can kind of pull from. Uh, in this world and try and make something go- a go of that. Maybe we can try a TV show of this other thing. <clears throat> this is just like, we need to just clean house, start fresh. Um, it's such a rich tapestry of a world. And so to just kind of be like, let's remake 
this same story that has been done perfectly well and that we would like to keep just on its own. I, it just doesn't make sense not to mine it further and to just stick with the stuff we already have. Excuse me. Who are you? Rubius Hagrid, keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts. Of course, you'll know all about Hogwarts. Sorry, no. No? Blimey, Harry, didn't you ever wonder where your mum and dad learned it all? Learned what? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard and a thumping good one, I'd wager, once you trade up a little. No, you've made a mistake. I mean, I can't be a, a, a wizard. I mean, I'm just Harry. Just Harry. I, I, the only argument I heard was like, well, the movies disregard certain storylines and character development moments. And I'm like, yes, every movie would do that. But if you, right. I, I don't know, if that's what you want, I would read the books. Guess what? They're yeah. probably not very hard to read. In fact, they some are. would say they were designed for children. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just go back and read the books. It, I, I, I find it. Hard pre- I find myself hard-pressed to find any reason to do this. So that was something I wanted to get off my chest. But now we can move along to the uh, the other things, which also seem like bad ideas. This is from Variety. <laughs> Paramount to remake Hitchcock's Vertigo, Robert Downey Jr. eyes lead role. Um, I don't know how many of you are uh, cinemaphiles like myself and Kenna, but I'm pretty sure most of you know what vertigo is or who alfred hitchcock is and mm-hmm. this movie's place in cinema history uh peaky blinders creator stephen knight is set to write the script hot off the heels of a commitment to write an untitled star wars movie for lucasfilm which i think was revealed this week was the ray palpatine skywalker jedi movie oh um, right there was like a there was a star wars celebration <laughs> I don't know what they called it. (laughs) Um, So Robert Downey Jr. is rumored to star um, probably in the James Stewart role. Um, What do we think about an American classic getting remade? I mean, my initial reaction to hearing this news is just that I had forgotten about Robert Downey Jr. Like he left the Marvel universe and jumped. He made a documentary about his dad, but like he fell off of the acting off of my radar. And so do I think that he could spend the rest of his career doing things like this to sort of get himself out of like Iron Man mode? Yes. Do I think that he should just be making original movies? Yes. I don't think we need I don't think we need to remake something like Vertigo when there's probably like millions of uh, mystery thriller noir scripts out there that are dying to be made that I'm sure he would be great in. Um, But I think that's essentially the thesis statement for this whole podcast. Like (laughs) I, I guess I just, I, I understand that we love Hitchcock, but let's just leave it. Let's just leave it alone. Um, <clears throat> did we do Vertigo on this? Mm-hmm. We did. 
we did. I don't remember who we picked or how long ago we talked about it, but I will just say this. There is precedent for remaking Alfred Hitchcock and it didn't go well. I am sorry. I, I only felt I, I it's, you felt it's what? seemed that she was, she's hurting you. I, I meant well. People always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and they shake their heads and they suggest oh so very delicately. Of course, I've suggested it myself. And I hate to think about it. She needs me. It's not as if she were a maniac or a raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. <laughs> you know what might be kind of interesting is like, like I... I feel like I respected something like Disturbia being a version of Rear Window, but just like kind of made for a younger generation who mm-hmm. maybe who maybe just like that would point them back to the old movie. I think that's kind of interesting, but I don't know if if this is the kind of movie that lends itself to just like I don't know, yeah. a fresh take. I will say this. I am enjoying the Robert Downey Jr. produced television remake of Perry Mason. Even though season one was not good, I stuck with it. And I'm mm-hmm. enjoying season two much more. You didn't like season one? I thought the ending was weird. I think I'm only really watching it because I love watching Matthew Reese. Oh, like, he's so really good. I really love watching Matthew Reese. The other thing is, like, I also enjoy Stephen Knight's work. I am a huge fan of his like creepy scary as fuck Dickensian universe. And he, um, he and Tom Hardy are leading the Dickens extended cinematic universe. The DC. I want to see you. Yeah. <laughs> the DC <laughs> or the CD, the C, the Charles Dickens extended oh, universe. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I love the talent involved. I just don't know why they have to do this. It's just confusing. The problem is I'm still going to watch it. I'm the problem. Speaking of not fresh, we also have breaking news. It's not breaking. A series adaptation of Gattaca is in development at Showtime. Uh, We don't have any plot details, nothing specific um, but they have a showrunner and an EP. Um, Sony's producing. Showtime didn't want to talk about it. But apparently this is not the first time they've tried to create Gattaca, the series. In 2009, they tried developing a like police procedural version, which I'm assuming would be about like finding, what did they call them? In, 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 it wasn't um, Invalids. In, Invalids? Yes. Something like Invalids. that. Invalids. Um, that just sounds really bad. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, it is Invalids. I should have just read on down. But, um, yeah, I mean, we did that Gattaca on this podcast. I love Gattaca. I think it's a great sci-fi world. Um, and there's just something really beautiful and human about the story of someone who's in quotes genetically inferior just like wanting so bad to 
to be the perfect person. They think I killed the mission director. What makes them think that? They found my eyelash. Where? In the corridor. Oh, well, it could be worse. They could have found it in your eye. They've got my picture plastered up all over the place. I can't turn around without seeing my own face. They'll recognize me. They won't recognize me. They'll recognize me. I don't recognize you. They won't marry the eyelash to you. They won't believe that one of their elite could have suckered them all this time. This is absolutely the kind of stuff that I think is just being plucked from the late 90s and thrown into TV now. But do I need to see Gattaca the series? No. Also, I don't subscribe to Showtime. So in general, <laughs> it's the last, it's just like the last place I'm going to to watch my my stuff, even though I can't wait to start Yellow Jackets season two at some point. Um Yeah, I have to start yeah. it too. Again, like I I I love this story, but it <clears throat> I don't know, guys. I don't know. Um, just for archival purposes, for our, you know, massive audience who we love and care for, uh, we did Vertigo episode 47 mm-hmm. and we did Gattaca episode 10. Whoa. Like that was a long OG, time ago. Long time ago. Um, I love Gattaca and I know I just spent five minutes like kind of going off on how you know, it's just completely unnecessary to remake things. I will watch the shit out of the show. I I just, (laughs) I, here's why I think the movie is so beautiful and touching that like a television show will give you, I I'm literally making the opposite argument for the Harry Potter thing, (laughs) (laughs) but I do kind of want more time to explore the kind of, human toll a society like Gattaca will have on us. And I think because that future isn't so far away from where we are now. Like mm-hmm. Gattaca was, what year was Gattaca made? Um, 1997. 1997. I don't like, I feel like back then the idea of like genetic modification or CRISPR technology was completely science fiction. I think we now are at a Mm. point where this stuff is either already happening or about to happen. And I, I kind of see the value in a TV show that will let us talk about these kind of technological advances on a human level. Like I'm, I, I'm a little pro on Gattaca, I, I guess, uh, I see I see I where you're why. coming from. I think hearing you talk about it, there is a version of this that if it's not cuz I mean one of the things I like about the movie that might not be super accessible is that it is like set in the distant enough future that like everything is like sleek and different and shiny chrome and maybe there is a version of this story that takes place in the not too distant future where it's like how real how real are we getting about just like wanting to genetically modify ourselves? That is, I don't know, a little, just different enough that it would be fresh, a fresher take. 
I don't know. It's Again, certainly... I, I don't subscribe to Showtime. So how am I going to watch it? <laughs> Make it good. And then I'll get a, I'll get a, an award season screener. That's all I got. Yeah. That's how you, that, that's the backdoor, the backdoor route or yeah, I actually don't know anyone with Showtime. I have stars. If you have a Showtime, I'll trade you stars for Showtime. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's get let's get into why we're here. We're, we're, yeah. The people don't care about Canatica and Vertigo and Harry Potter. <laughs> you ready to remake this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Guys, this is our reboot of Stargate. Jackson, start working on the Stargate. What's that all about? I don't know, Freddie. I, I'm going to need more time. I mean, there's bound to be more structures here. Or some other traces of civilization. Not this trip. Just get back in there and reestablish contact. Well, it's not that easy. This is a replica of the Great Pyramid of Giza. We're not going to find any hieroglyphic inscriptions or carved relief. I mean, we really, we really need to look around. Your job here is to realign the Stargate. Can you do that or not? I can't. You can't or you won't. I can decipher the symbols on the Stargate, but I need an order of alignment. Now, those coordinates were marked on tablets back on Earth, and there must be something like that here. And I just... I just need to find it. <laughs> find it? What do you mean, find it? You didn't say anything about finding anything. Well, I assumed the tablets would be here. I mean, right here. You assumed? You're a lying son of a bitch! You didn't say a word about finding anything! I came up with a reason why now I'm trying to remember because it feels a little convoluted that he tells them he can, he can operate. I don't know why on earth he wouldn't just be like, well, yeah, I just need to find the coordinates. Like that seems like a reasonable thing to say. Yes. This, I was going to say this was maybe one of the least planned uh, military operations I had seen in a movie. Like, and they're going to another planet. <laughs> yes. They wore no spacesuit whatsoever. They walked no. in just clothes, hats, like, and the army in this movie is almost like from a time, from like a 1950s monster movie. Like they're wearing like green yeah. uniforms. <laughs> they're like zero fatigues. Like they just sort of seem like like regular soldiers. They're not like special forces. They're not like extreme condition warriors who can survive on any climate or condition. They're just like regular Joes who they just like plucked off the camp based basketball team. And they're like, guess what guys? <laughs> You're going into this portal. Highly unplanned. Literally, the only reason they pick O'Neill to lead this mission is because we find out that he is going to stay behind and set off a bomb to destroy the gate on that side. And they pick him because he's already suicidal. <laughs> yeah, yes. And and don't, I feel like, don't let my tone of lead you to believe that I dislike this movie. I love this movie. <laughs> I think I think that it watching this made me realize that like no wonder people can't sit through versions of this today because like this is a tight 
two hours. We have built an entire mythology. Um, we are just like boom, 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 knocking out plot points. There's so much efficiency. The two guys go visit O'Neill and they're walking back out to the car and they're like, what happened to that guy? And he's like, his son died. <laughs> Done. Daniel comes in. He's like looking at the mis, uh, misinterpreted lines and it's just like, boom, 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 Stargate done it takes him two weeks to figure out how the whole thing works and they're walking into the gate before 30 minutes this movie would be four hours long today and yes i just i just respect so much this is why this is why we go to see roland emmerich movies like the mythology there the action there the likable characters there did the actors want to be in this movie absolutely not but they still (laughs) delivered The thing about Roland Emmerich movies is he gets to the promise of the title immediately. Day after tomorrow, it starts freezing immediately. Moonfall, Mm -hmm. that moon is coming down. Uh They know it immediately. (laughs) The threat is imminent. Um, I will say, I think this movie suffers from what feels like uh, a low budge. Like it, it, Mm -hmm. um, there's like three sets in the entire thing. Most of it's desert. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a temple exterior. There's a temple interior. There's like in in the temple and like Ra's spaceship. There's like two floors. The elevator goes mm-hmm. to two floors, and then the village. That's it. And I okay. So the the military on the other side. I'm just, but I'm talking about in like the alien world. Four locations tops. Yeah. One alien creature the entire time. I don't think that's going to fly today. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) uh, in a world of Dune and Avatar and Star Wars and this and that and that and this, like uh, I think this movie today would be a little bit more robust. It would have to be. Honestly, it's, in a way, it feels like the movie exists because they used it as a template for the TV show. Because, like, watching the special effect of the gate, like, opening, that's something that happens in SG-1, like, every single episode, maybe three times. For TV, that's probably not a budget they're willing to spend. But if they created it in the movie and they could just copy and paste it... <laughs> I 100% believe that that is like, and there's just so many things that are like introduced that do pay off, like to just like watching it to know the characters and the stories and all of these things that we don't learn in the movie. They didn't know they were going to get like 10 seasons of a TV show, but it, it, maybe this is a model we haven't investigated since I, 1994. I just make the, a vague ugh. movie and then expand in the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I um I agree. I, I think like the bones of this mythology and this uh you know sci-fi idea. I mean the proof is in the pudding. Like you said, 10 seasons of a TV show, two spin-offs, like it's there, but like they didn't I think they it's like the movie didn't go 
far enough, which is why there's not like a sequel. Like there's Mm -hmm. no cinematic sequel. It's just like, yeah, here's the general concept. Okay, we'll just make like a TV show in an army base and then they'll go to a desert or then they'll go to like a water world and we'll film that on like the Universal Tour ride and uh, we'll, (laughs) you know, just collect fat network television checks. Smart business idea. but But I do see like they're, potential for this could to this franchise to kind of grow out of just being a launch platform for television series. Like it's, it's like, it's like this movie is either too late for its time or too early for its time. Does that make sense? It's like somewhere in like the mid nineties where like, yeah, what do we want this? Like, is this the, what the culture wants right now? Or is it just like, no one's making sci-fi movies, but like he makes, Independence Day like a year later and becomes like the biggest action science fiction movie ever. It's it's like think of a science fiction movie. Independence Day is probably top three, if not one. It's also like it's interesting because Independence Day is about aliens coming to Earth. And that is like one tenth of the story of this movie <laughs> because this like this movie takes aliens come to earth uses humans to uh remain immortal takes humans back to other planet to use them as slaves prevents them from yeah (laughs) uses them as human shields prevents these people from learning to read and write so they can't resist then Years and years and years later, other humans find the Stargate and show up. Like, and that's like half of what the movie is. And so it is like, no wonder Independence Day, I feel like, is more effective because it's just like Will Smith plays a guy in the military who has to figure out how to save the Earth from aliens. Looking for Jackson. Jackson, guy wears his jacket. He's, uh, he's got like long hair that comes down. No, no. No, 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 it's, wears glasses, so he can see. Just the word dweeb doesn't mean anything to you guys, does it? Yeah, why not? I'm on Planet X looking for a dweeb who wears green fatigues, he wears this jacket, he's got long hair, it comes over his eyes, he wears glasses and sneezes. Eh, bah! Chicken. 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 Chicken man, you got it. Let's get to our first uh, character here, Dr. Daniel Jackson, played by James Spader. Um, Yeah. uh, Famously thought the script was so bad, he was like, maybe I have to do it. Like, it... (laughs) it, not, Not like the resounding endorsement of your lead actor, but um, trivia, the trivia says that he literally was like, sometimes it's OK to do a movie just because you need the money. And so that's what I did. Um, I know I, it's like one of those things, like maybe if they got someone more enthused, <clears throat> this could have been like a bigger hit. But it because it kind of feels like he I, it's not like he's thing. not acting well because yeah. he works in the movie. But it's just like. I don't feel a connection to James Spader like a ton, but I don't know. Yeah. Spader is still killing it. 
like still giving top-notch performance. Uh, we don't really get to know much about his character. I think that's probably not helpful. Like we find out that, you know, he's kind of a, he's a, a, he's not a scientist, right? He's like an archaeologist, an Egyptologist, something like that, who mm-hmm. is, who has some wild theories. Nobody believes him. He doesn't make any money. He just got kicked out of his apartment. That's not really a ton for us to be like, yeah, we're on his side. Um, and so it kind of feels like he needs a little, a, a prominent backstory detail like they give O'Neill just to get us a little bit. I, I don't know. And I don't know yeah, what that would be. I don't know if that's yeah. like, I don't know if that's like a career motivation or maybe, I don't know. Maybe in this case, it's like he goes to this alien planet and meets this woman. Maybe he is like, we get like a little scene of him being so like unlucky in love that we're just like, man, this guy is just like, how could things possibly get better for him? And then we see them get better. It turns out he's extremely talented and everything he said Everything he's claimed that everyone thought was crazy was right. And he falls in love with this woman on this alien planet. Like, amazing. Like, this is his new life. But in general, I just don't feel like I I care about him in the way that I want to care about a main character. But yeah, you're you're 100% right. Like, you just meet him and he's smart. And the only one who believes him is this old lady who um, is so desperate to solve the riddle of the Stargate that she'll hire this you know, kind of kooky weirdo to come in to the most secret military base on earth and play around a little bit. I kind of try to like lean into that, like academic failure a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. I ended up picking, I wanted to pick someone who feels um, like an outsider when you look at them, like not just, not just like in an academic room, but like when you, their, their energy just sort of feels like this person is off a little bit, but I also believe that Stargate needs to have star power. So um, mm. I ended up, I ended up picking Aubrey Plaza. Oh, and interesting. Aubrey Plaza, you know, crushing it. I mean, white Lotus basically turning her into mm-hmm. a household name and also how parks and rec turned her into a household name, but like white Lotus. I also watched uh, the latest Jason Statham movie, um, Operation Fortune, which I found to be quite good. <laughs> oh, okay. I just sort of saw her like take like in this role as just someone who it's like she knows she's right, but no one listens to her. Maybe because she's a woman, maybe because she's kind of odd, maybe because what she's saying is completely insane. Maybe all three of those things. Mm-hmm. But like I, I just I kind of find her to sort of be a fish out of water on earth as also like a fish out of water in this like other planet, which they never name. They never name the planet. So you're just sort of like Egypt. Yeah, they like, don't, Egypt they don't planet? in the movie, but they do in the show. What is the name of the planet? It's called Abydos. Abydos. Okay. Because they go back to visit it several times. Uh, okay. Good would have been good to know in the movie, perhaps. <laughs> so maybe for marketing well, they, they reasons were, and, and merchandising. This is a need to know basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a really I think that's a really great choice because I like that I think she is odd but so likable that 
because you do kind of want it to have that like flavor of like, I don't know, is she too smart? Like, is she saying things that are actually crazy and is just too confident? Or, you know, I, I like having that spin of like, we want to be along with for the ride of, of, is this person right? Are their theories true? Can we trust them ultimately? And to see the satisfaction of that, I think, in her would be really great. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of like this idea that like her, her biggest weakness is self doubt, right? Like the whole time and her whole career, everyone's telling her like, you're insane. These theories are bullshit. And then she goes to this world where it's proving all her theories are true, but like, she still doesn't know like if this is going to work or not. Like, I think James Spader kind of like, once he figures out the seventh sign, he's like, boom, I did it. Nailed it. Yeah. It's like, I I think we can like make this a little harder for our main scientists to kind of be like, you know, everyone's life is in your hands. Like that's something Mm -hmm. I felt like this original movie kind of let go of a bit. Thought you couldn't speak their language. (laughs) Scared me. (laughs) It's an ancient Egyptian dialect. I mean, like the rest of their culture, it's evolved completely independently. But uh, once you know the vowels... Just answer the question. Well, um, well, I mean, you just I just had to learn how to pronounce it. I mean, it hasn't been a living spoken language in more than 1,000 years. Who did you end up picking? Um, I also picked a woman because... Oh, look at us. Uh, why couldn't this... Why couldn't this character be a woman, you know? Um, I really felt like this person is not super as super well known as they could be for this part. Um, But I picked Georgina Campbell, uh, who, if you saw Barbarian last year, she was the main character in that. And I, I really just loved her and I found her so like familiar and likable. And she's the person that, I mean, if you saw Barbarian, you spend a lot of time kind of just going on this ride with her and being either like, girl, make better <laughs> choices or really rooting for her. And so I think there was an inherent likable quality, an inherent, um, what a, not street smarts. There was, there was an inherent like knowledgeability that I trusted like I she isn't every woman but also I think could be a scientist like all of this all of this made sense I was like I would go on this journey with her yeah I I I see what you're saying and I I'm if you haven't seen Barbarian please everyone go go see it it's scary and hilarious at the same time um the first 20 minutes, you're just going to be like, why is anyone <laughs> doing what they're doing? Um, so, so I see what you're saying is sort of like, um, she seems to me like someone who can hold this idea that aliens created ancient civilizations mm-hmm. with the confidence that it's real. Yeah. And um, I, I do think that like, she's someone when you see her on screen, a, a especially barbarian when she's just like alone in the house. Like you're really just like, Oh my God, like you're really pulling for her. So I, I, I like this pick a lot and I hope it. I hope she um, gets to be in more stuff. Like it seems like her IMDb is mostly like TV. Mm-hmm. So hopefully like barbarian gets to like push her up into 
into like a Stargate level kind of property. You know what I mean? <laughs> really elevated. <laughs> really, yeah. Really just taking it up to the kind of next uh, prestigious tier. All right. Um, let's move on to Colonel Jack O'Neill, played by V. Kurt Russell. Um, it's your turn to pick, but I, I just wanted to say, like, I picked an actor and then realized that I had picked him previously for another Kurt Russell movie. And I was like, Uh-oh. man, all right. Uh, Kurt Russell and this guy just had the same vibe. Anyways, is your he the new Kurt Russell? Um, I'll say, I think, first of all, I loved his post, his like military haircut post recruitment. His head is a perfect square. It yes. is so He's like beautiful. a Lego man. He's like a Lego man. Um, I think what's a little disappointing about Kurt Russell in this movie is that, first of all, we know he did not really want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So many reluctant actors in this movie. But I think it's interesting that even with the same like backstory and stuff, like the O'Neill of the show is like funny and quippy and he's like a great leader, but like, has a lot of fun and so i think that is who kurt russell is and so i was like man it's it's just a little disappointing that he didn't get to have more fun doing this because i think it is the kind of part that could maybe it would help us ease us up on some of that because it does feel really it kind of sucks the air out of the room when you realize like oh not only is he reeling because his son died it was probably his gun that was shot and that now he's going to he's leading this mission that he's not going to come back from like seeing him put the bomb together is just like ugh i feel so bad for him i feel like it might just if we see him trying to like cover it up with something it could be a little more interesting um but this was like a one and done pick for me i thought of this actor and i was like 100% he should star in everything i picked yaya abdul mateen the second um who I mm-hmm. also weirdly feel like I owe something because I feel like recently I've become <laughs> so obsessed with um, Jonathan Majors and I've been like, oh, why is he playing like villains and stuff? He's so great. And now he's facing possible uh, domestic assault charges uh, and yeah, you know. things are <clears throat> messy. And so I really just, I felt my head turn back to Yaya and I was like, you are, I'm so sorry. I turned away from you being my favorite black <laughs> leading man. I just, I got distracted, but I think you're amazing. Um, and I also like, I, I was listening to an episode of how did this get made? They did ambulance the, um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay movie, which he is in. And they're talking about how good and grounding he is in something that is so insane. I was like, that's such a good actor energy to have, to be the one to be like, I'm the, I could be the best thing of something that is truly wild. I believe it. I'm, I'm there for this. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. I, I like Yaya. Um, I don't like how I can never remember his last two names or at least his <laughs> middle name. Um, no, but he's, he's, he, he's this guy. You're, I think you're right. I think the Jonathan majors star, which I feel like I predicted happening years ago, just went mm-hmm. like, um, supernova. Yeah. And then collapsed on itself within a week. 
I, I when that news broke, I was actually in the movie theater watching Creed three and being like, this movie is tremendous. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap. And then walking out of the theater being like, Ugh. <laughs> um, but you watch um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen nailed it uh, <laughs> in uh, Watchmen, Candyman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, even in something as ridiculous as Aquaman, there's a reason why at the end he gets the post credit scene. He gets like... Mm-hmm. There was, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but like, I think there was like a talk at one point of like a Black Manta TV show, but like, you know, he's, he's going to be a big part of the sequel. Like he definitely deserves a lot more of our, uh, cultural time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, but he is, he's going to be in the, a Marvel, he's joining the Marvel universe as well. So, I mean, he's doing okay. What's he going to, how is who is he going to be in? He's playing Wonder Man, which I don't have time to, or nor do you sure, have that's any. The thing. <laughs> nor do you have any a single iota of care about that. Character. Maybe he um, should. Maybe he should just go by Yaya. Maybe that's like. Maybe I should just learn his name. <laughs> like, well, really here's the hard. thing. This is actually relevant to this movie because uh, esteemed actor Jaiman Hansu, who we all know and love much more regularly today, one of his first first major roles was in this movie. He's credited just as Jaiman, which A incredible. Real, like, just go Beyonce by kind of move. Yeah. yeah. What would his What would his life be like if he had just dropped the last name forever? Let's make I mean, Yaya a thing. Know. You are Yaya. Yeah. You are the only Yaya. Yeah. Um, all right, we're coming to it. My pick, which I changed extra like right at the at the finish line just before we got on here. So <clears throat> and here's why I did it. I think it would make for a better conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I initially had the bad idea to recast this movie using only Roland Emmerich actors. And it turned oh, out to okay. be a stupid idea from the get-go. But then he popped into my head, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I'm going to pick him. We're going to talk about it. It does feel a little like cheating, but I don't care. I picked Will Smith. Okay. You think you think this could be a comeback for him? Back into the major action, we're over the slap world. <laughs> I do because (laughs) my version of this movie, I sort of feel like, well, maybe not my version, but I I envision a remake of this movie could be like something like Dune where it's more epic. It's sort of a bigger scale. It's a, has a bigger scope in terms of world building. Mm Mm-hmm. It allows Will Smith to do what Will does best, which is act um, like the Academy Award winning actor he is, (laughs) but also give us that the Will Smith charm of going to an alien world, visiting Mm -hmm. strange places, trying to get home, trying to work through his darkness with the people that are being oppressed in the civilization. My orders were simple. 
track down signs of any possible danger. If I found any, blow up the Stargate. Well, I found some. Why wasn't I told of this? Because there wasn't any reason to tell you, Kowalski. You weren't even supposed to be here. You were all gonna go right back through with Daniel. I was gonna stay behind alone and blow up the Stargate, and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. It's the gate on Earth that poses a threat. That's the one we have to shut down. You're absolutely right. But since you don't know how to get us back, we don't have that option, do we? I think it's bold. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's brave. I I don't know how you, which is so weird to say. Like I don't know how you sell Will Smith to a to a studio now. Hilarious, um, but I don't know. I mean, it could be something to be like it's Smith, it's Emmerich. They're like he's like rejoining the world. You could sell something off of that. I mean, here's the thing. Will Smith is a star and he is that combination of fun and cool as well as serious and um, captivating. Like, it really is a thing of do we think that the public will welcome him back with open arms? I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I will say this. I'm... I, marketing works on me like it does most people. Like <laughs> I saw, you know, when you watch that, that the everyone watched the slap. Suddenly, it was like this person is completely different to us, like almost unknown to us, right? Yeah, we knew him <clears throat> as like our guy. That was his superpower. He like walked through the world as like this elevated celebrity that we all just he was he gave us everything and then this thing changes him right Mm -hmm. but marketing works on me like anyone else and as soon as he put out that video with him and martin lawrence talking bad boys for i was like i would watch will smith slap a thousand chris rocks (laughs) to watch bad boys for i would let him slap me at my and the most important day of my life for bad boys for i am a shill for this property i it's it's weird i i i i I don't apologize for it but i recognize that it's it's something in me that like yeah it's i i i want will smith back i'm sorry i do i want him back i do okay i don't see any reason why his weird one moment of psychosis (laughs) should disqualify him we've forgiven people for for much worse. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on. Let's move on to raw played by Jay Davidson, who I had no idea who this person was. And then reading up on them, I was like, this is like a fascinating, uh, talent. So Jay Davidson yes. was, um, an LGBT actor, uh, in the mid nineties, which was like pretty, you know, for all you youths, uh, wasn't as common as it is today. And Mm -hmm. his only role previous to this, I believe was the crying game, which I'm sure is no longer watchable in, uh, with 2023 sensibilities. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but the only thing I remember about it is that like this Irish, uh, IRA um, officer 
uh, ends up falling in love with this woman who turns out to be uh, transgendered or, or like turns out to be, you know, is oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Pre like, like she has, yes. Um, and so back then it's very like, the lady has man parts. Like, isn't this the big twist? The, isn't this twist like oh, horrifying? And like, yeah. Ah. And, and I felt like in this movie, also, there was this thing where it's like, isn't androgyny terrifying? And I'm like, <laughs> huh, um, this has to kind of change a bit. Um, but it, it was just interesting. They, the, the, um, Jay Davidson retired from acting after this movie. Mm-hmm. It was basically like, I'm out. I can't. Like, no, thank you. So, um, I thought that was kind of, I mean, I thought that was kind of sad, but uh, it it got me kind of thinking about like villains in movies right now and <clears throat> how you mentioned Jonathan Majors as, you know, like playing all these villains. And it felt like there was, there is a conscious move to cast younger up and coming thespians to walk in wearing ridiculous mm-hmm. costumes <laughs> and uh, poses like terrifying figures. And I was like, I, I, I feel like maybe I wanted to like bend backwards towards more like older thespians kind of throwing their weight around a little bit more. And okay. um, I'm not sure if I reconciled it with the mythology of what this character is supposed to be, because this character is like a, an ancient alien who mm-hmm. comes to earth or comes to different planets and like steals bodies of like young people so it can live forever. But mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it had only stolen a body or if it was, st- it would steal bodies as the bodies would age and die. And like, so that was kind of confusing to me. So I, think I was it's like, just okay, I'm going to pass body. It's one body. All right. Yeah. I, I went in a different direction. I was like, I'm going to cast an older actor with the idea that like this body is dying and it's like mm, time okay. for a new body. So that, to me is like, it felt like, so you didn't think that like when French Stewart gets captured for a moment, cause I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. I was like, <laughs> French Stewart isn't the bad guy. Is it like, I, I kind of half expected French Stewart to walk out in a full like Egyptian regalia and play <laughs> like a possessed, like uh, human thing. Now he apparently found a young boy. It says, as the frightened villagers ran, night became day. Curious and without fear, he walked towards the light. Ra took him and possessed his body like some kind of a parasite looking for a host. So I was like, you know what? That kind of could be a fun idea if, like, there's this threat that he's going to body snatch one of the like younger characters or something like that. I, I, I don't know, but I ended up picking an older actor. I don't know if anyone knows this person, but by the name of Ashraf Barham, who was in the TV show Tyrant, he has just sort of like that kind of classic. Um, it's one of these things where it's like the only parts for Middle Eastern or Northern African actors is like bad guy, but I really mm. felt like this needed that kind of 
presence. And I feel like he has this kind of like almost statuesque kind of like empirical uh, vibe that I think for a bad, like it would be cool to see that again as in a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I feel like we've talked about this before. Like when you're trying to cast Middle Eastern actors, you go to someone you love's like IMDb page and you're like, oh, right. They were like, I did this with um, the actor who plays Dodie Fayed in The Crown this season. Like, I remember like looking him up because I was like, wow, he looks so familiar and I really enjoyed him. Like, what else has he done? And he was literally one of the hijackers in like a 9-11 movie. And I was like, great. <laughs> Love this yeah. for us. This is yeah. just this is just how people are making money. Um, it's yeah. It's it's hard to find like Northern African Middle Eastern actors in our in our but pop culture. I think I Sorry. think this is great. Like I don't. I can't say that I looking at his IMDb that I have a lot of familiarity with him, but I I love the um maybe in the idea that. They don't give us much of the lore because I feel like in investigating more of that, there is the understanding that they, when the alien takes over a body, they remain in that body. Like it extends the life of the body. Um, but again, they don't, they don't even name the aliens in the movie. They do that in the show. They don't do it in the movie. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's an it's an interesting idea to think that I, it adds a level of um, I can't. What is the right word for this? It just adds another level of drama. I think to be like, oh, he's not just bad. He's like trying to find somebody to replace. Hit like there is an added level of danger, and there's a new threat that isn't just like he's big and bad. It's like he needs you. Yeah, um, I, I sort of felt that, like, what if you, like, went to an alien planet and the bad guy turned out to be Genghis Khan? You'd be like, uh-oh, this guy has, like, murdered thousands, if not millions of people. Like, yeah, it's more of a, it's, it's more of a, like, daunting kind of, uh, it's a bigger, you know, obstacle to kind of throw at your heroes. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I know he's not like super well known, but I, 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 I just thought like, just thought it'd be good. I, I think that's great. I think that's really great. Older thespians creating stars. Um, <laughs> I, so I went with someone very well known, but who I love as a villain. I went with Rami Malek. Yes. <clears throat> I, I, here's the deal. I, this this pick is so fucking obvious. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's bad. It's just thank you. I, I I personally don't love Rami Malek. Is that fair? Is that okay for me to say? I don't know why it is. <laughs> I have yet, I, yet to watch him. Okay in, to say. I haven't yet to watch him in Bohemian Rhapsody. But did you ever watch him in like? Um, was it No Time to Die? Was he the bad guy in No Time to Die? Yeah. I love that movie, but every time he came on screen, I was just like, oh my God, this guy. I just, I don't know what it is. About. I used to love him in Mr. Robot. I mm. loved him in Mr. Robot. And then 
I don't know. He made some movie and I was just like, ay, ay, ay. Um, but there is no bigger Egyptian American celebrity out there. And like, I, I, I should have picked him. I, I don't know why I didn't pick him. <laughs> if I want stars in this movie, get Rami Malek to play the fucking Egyptian bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I can't be a producer because I let my feelings get in the way of like what could have been a billion, like my movie could have made a billion dollars. Instead, it only made a few hundred million dollars. But this is so, how it works, job. right? Like you, you throw names out there, you throw stuff at the wall, and then occasionally the producers are going to be like, nope, heard, <laughs> heard, some, heard something weird, gotta like take that off. You know, like that. Yeah. that's how it works. I can totally see him chewing up the scenery in this. <laughs> I can totally see him walking around with his, you know, weird glances at the heroes and half mumbling his lines. And <laughs> I, hope never to this. I know cut to me show running a show with Rami Malek. Um, <laughs> And you would be happy no, to have it. <laughs> I would be, I'd be like, what? Are, he's so good. He's so good. Oh my God. I can't believe we're so lucky. Um, no, I, that's, that's a great pick. You're yes. You nailed it. Um, I guess we should move on. <laughs> let's move on to, <laughs> let's move on to Shauri. Not to be confused with Shuri from Black Panther, but Shauri. Not the same person. By, mm-hmm. Uh, Israeli actress Millie Avital, who I don't, I mean, I, she's in a lot of other stuff, but I, I, um, I, I don't think most people will know who she is. No, uh, I mean, she's very pretty, which I think is kind of that's important. You need all you need, day, can't like, have uggos in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is the. <laughs> That should just be the the tagline of every film. Like, I think something that always I feel feels a little off is that I understand the whole like they're used to probably like sending in people like her to be like, if we have guests, if someone unusual comes like they're here for our women. And so that's how they present themselves to the humans who who come to their little village but like i think it's the i don't know maybe i'm contradicting myself but like i'm not quite sure the time they spend sort of like him her showing him like the uh symbols and helping her to understand the language like i think we're supposed to understand that like that's how they fall in love but it's also like do they right is is that a necessary story Line. I mean, I guess maybe if the idea is that sh- he needs to like go back to the ship because she's in danger and have that confrontation with Ra. I don't, I don't know. I think there's lots of stuff you can do with that. Ninja? Ninja? Neda. 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 Teal. 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 Necheru. Necheru. Nate. Naturu. I just don't think it was necessary. Personally. It's yeah, it's not. Who did you pick? 
No, no, no. I'm um, going to talk about it, but I want to. I want to like because I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like it, it feels like she's there to be a prize, and there's yeah. so much more you can do with this character than just be like, uh, "Hey, Jackson, are you sure you want to stay?" And he looks back. He's like, "Yeah, I got my uh, concubine <laughs> here." Like it. it her the way you meet her is like she gives him water and then they share a look and then like the next time you meet her she like goes into his tent and like undresses in front of him and you're like oh my god no please no i don't know it's just i mean i went with an actor i don't know if everybody's familiar with but i am after one very important show from the last year may kalamaway i'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her name um, but she was the female Hannah, lead in Hannah. You're, <gasps> you can't look at my lists. You can't keep you can't keep cheating off my paper. Okay. Did we pick the same person? Of course, <laughs> of course yes. we did. We googled Rami Malek and then other <laughs> Egyptian actors, <clears throat> and we're like, thank God, a woman, an Egyptian actress, was in Moon Knight. <laughs> No, but she, she's very good. Google she's very she's other Egyptian things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, of course I picked her. She's very she's she's like French Algerian or French Egyptian and and she's very very good. Charming, beautiful, like she's got she definitely had like a softness but a spice in Moon Knight where it's like I they kind of in the movie like build her into being part of this like resistance team that goes in and so i think i can see that becoming a bigger part of her but yeah i just i enjoyed her and would like to see more of her so so when ra comes to earth and enslaves Mm -hmm. them because they have written language they communicate with each other and they over they overthrow him and he he's banished so in this world he eliminates written word so everyone is like illiterate Mm -hmm. okay so i was like you know what would be great if we're still kind of doing that if like if shauri was kind of the jackson of this planet if she Mm. was the one trying to decipher these symbols and like what the stargate is and it's like her people are being repressed and she's trying to like she's using like the forbidden symbols to discover what's going on as as opposed to just being like a tour guide through Mm -hmm. the desert and then it was like then her and jackson like have this connection that's not so like just like based on physical attraction it's like you get what i'm doing i get what you're doing like we're literally two we're the same person on a different planet like we have to kind of yeah like team up and um I just thought that that was like a better way to go. And I thought this actress is exactly who you want to, 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 to do this. So um, great job by us. Great. We did it. We did it. High five. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Scara. Scara. Two A's in the middle there. Am I saying that right? You don't Played like this it. character, do you? <laughs> Is that what what is S K A A R A? Yeah. Yeah. Um maybe I don't like this character. I um <laughs> uh Scara played by Alex Cruz. 
Um, I think I might have ran out of gas by the time I got here because it was like, uh, I, you know, I, I seem smooth and cool and under control on these podcasts, but like casting sometimes can be a headache. It's like you're just constantly going through thousands of people. There's pressure to be a little bit original. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I admit, you know, I'm not I'm not above it. I ran out of gas a little bit on this one and I ended up picking I don't love the idea of picking a Latino actor in this for like, you know, Middle Eastern roles. Mm-hmm. But for this, I was like, okay, there's someone I want in this role. He is Latino. And maybe we could sort of stretch this reality that like anywhere on earth that had a pyramid, Ra kind of went to. So like, okay. <clears throat> like you go, if you watch any movie nowadays and you go to like an alien planet, it's, the most diverse group of casting you'll see. You'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is supposed to be, it's like Ant-Man. Did you see Ant-Man Quantumania? It's like, they're literally yeah. in like this microverse, And it's just like the people it's like, it's so just like, whatever. There's no, it's fun, which is great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it's just like, I think I'm, I think I have some leeway <laughs> for the excuse <laughs> of not casting a Middle Eastern or uh, a Mena actor, basically. Um, I, I cast my boy Sholo uh, Maraduena, star mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Cobra Kai and DC's Blue Beetle. Um, okay, okay. Uh, he's just, he, again, I think this movie needs stars. I think he's a rising star. I think he's the exact kind of person you want to kind of be this sort of like, I, I think that the tweak that I would make on this character is like, um, I think he should mirror O'Neill's anger a bit more. Like, mm-hmm. I think this kid is more, he, he's just sort of like, he has the ideal like rebel and he's he's more just like he's like a luke skywalker like i'm a kid and i i live in this world but i want to like break free and and change things i think this character today should have a little more anger in him and i think that anger should maybe have something to do with uh jackson's world a little bit too and and the losses that they've had and then how not jackson o'neill and how o'neill sees maybe sees his son mm-hmm. in that way as well as himself. And it's like scaring him. And cause I do think that that storyline is really important for this, for this movie. Like, I think it's really the one storyline where you can hang your hat on and be like, I really enjoyed this kind of arc for these two. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's who I picked. I like him. I know it's probably like, it's just hard to find, you know, it was just hard to find anyone else for me, but. I like the expansion of the world to include this idea that like, if, if Ra came to earth and sort of like used the Egyptians like mythology to enslave them, like maybe any person on earth who came in contact with these aliens was also influenced. Like there's something to that. I think, um, but I think you're right. Like it's a, it's a cheat. Just, I'll admit it's a cheat. But <laughs> I think there's something fun to 
I mean, it sucks because it's also really sad, but there's something nice about the relationship of like O'Neill meets a young person that he feels very protective over because if he can, you know, he's going to save this, you know, son like figure. Um, And I definitely feel like they sort of get there, but they could get more there where like this kid has to show that like, you know, I'm, I am a young person, but I'm also, I have the ability to fight back and I have the anger and the motivation to, to uh, help. Um, So sure. I still have not seen Cobra Kai. Um, I have no idea what Blue Beetle is. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get bored. Um, (laughs) I, I uh, decided to go, honestly, because I was just excited by the plethora of um, Middle Eastern actresses that I found that I decided to go with another young lady. Um, Plethora. Throwing mm -hmm. it in my face. Plethora. (laughs) I went with Shira Haas, who uh, is the main character in Netflix's Unorthodox series. Um. Because I, I I like I like that sort of uh, um, my words. It's like it's like I don't know words. It's like I've never written anything before in my life. Um, I like the juxtaposition of someone who looks young and sort of fragile and beautiful, needing to kind of like prove herself, which I think this character really needs to do is like have that moment of. I can be the leader. I can fight back. I can help um, because it's necessary in the story and also just like in the harsh world that they live in. Um, and also I'm pretty sure that Share and Skara are supposed to be brother and sister. Like they're both um, the Eric Avari character is their dad. And so I like the idea of maybe these sisters like being two sides of the same person where like, if we want Share to be more, uh, to be more of like the scientist than this young woman is. They're like the the opposite of O'Neill and Dana Jackson. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I like that creating that sort of square of people. Yeah, I think this is a great pick. I haven't seen Unorthodox, but um, <clears throat> I like what you said about like what this character kind of is like a little bit younger, a little bit more beautiful, a little bit fragile, but like inside is like this kind of fiery like warrior kind of uh you know it's like a warrior in the body of a child almost and you know like because we're writers it's like you know i'm and i'm trying to pimp my own idea (laughs) (laughs) if rye is looking for a new vessel it's like there's no Mm. one that you'd want like him to you know inhabit less than the body of like the the like you know uh uh, innocent child i guess um yeah i like that pick a lot i think i think that's like a great way to kind of like update it and and you know i assume because this actress is so young and leading her own television show that she that she has you know what it takes no big deal (laughs) A plethora, jeez. I mean, share with a brother. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was all over the map, just like, oh my god, I need it, please. 
evenly no, cool shows nobody about has, Middle Easterns? Nobody has come from the cradle of civilization. Nobody has ventured out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just stay. I mean, when you're in the cradle, you stay. Like, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we got one more, uh, and it's our old pal, Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I'm almost positive we picked the same person. Was it General West? Yes, it was. Played by Leon Rippey. Tailor-made for Barry Pepper. Give him mm-hmm. a badge. Give him a uniform. Give him an alligator it's- to fight in the basement. <clears throat> truly he would truly be sprinkled in like seasoning just that one scene okay so uh, do you have any other notes on this movie because i feel like we we've kind of went through most of it i mean uh i think if there's uh, like one big change i would make to this movie i would add more like spaciness to it because like yeah It's interesting that in the trivia, they talk about how in the way they translated the title to Spanish, it's like gate of time or something. And so in the movie, people were confused because they were like, oh, they're not on another planet. They just went back in time. That's kind of how it seems. And I think there's not enough emphasis put on the fact that the Stargate takes them from one planet to another planet. And that planet, like the reason that planet looks like Earth is because they took humans and put them there to mine it. Like it is like, it would just, it would be helpful to understand how the Egyptian culture is like in two places, but like, you can't just have a scene where it's like, and there's three moons and then be like, that's it. Like, I, I just want to, I want there to be like a space science character or like, I don't know, bring in the air force. I, I, I don't know. There, um, I think this is another problem of like the kind of low budget quality this movie maybe have gotten. Like, I think you're 100% right. Like, Ra has three guards who all look human, but they wear like ancient armor. He sends out three jets. And it's like, that's it? Like, you... I feel like this guy would have like a, he'd be like the emperor, you know, like he'd have a whole army of like stormtrooper, like men, like soldiers to go out and like oppress the will of the people. It just sort of feels like he kind of shows up. You know what I mean? It's like they're on this planet for like 20 minutes. And then he's like, Oh, coming back from my, from outer space here. I'm back ever. Did you guys miss me? It's like, <laughs> It's like no, you like you. They should walk in and be like, "Oh my god, like, where the fuck are we?" And like, yeah, you know, run into like you know a resistance or like people. Like, there should be again. Yeah, you're right. Like, there should be more scope. Like, they're in space. Like, they should be wearing astronaut outfits and realizing that like <laughs> this planet has like it's orbiting a red sun and it has like seven moons, but like. There's interplanetary movement or something like you're mm-hmm. right. Like there needs to be more uh, kind of science in the science fiction of it. Um, I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Would you remake this movie? Yes. Mm. Mm. I think there's like a big budget 
big like reintroduction into the because it's really like the forgotten space property like it feels like star wars and star trek get so much money and attention and this also has such a successful like film and tv series you just don't hear about it that often maybe it needs to be just like reintroduced yeah, it kind of fell the way of like Battlestar Galactica, right? It, d- yeah. it didn't get its proper time in the sun. I agree. Just I think- like constant sci-fi channel reruns. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is deserving of a reboot. I'm not going to lie. I think the first one just scratched the surface of what could actually be a more epic kind of uh, science fiction uh, uh, property. Oh, mm-hmm. almost punched my computer there. Um, all right, great. We're let's do it. Let's get the rights. Okay, that should all be right. easy. Typing the script. Typing the script here. Okay, <laughs> okay, and making millions. <laughs> Exterior desert day. Go. <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for joining us this episode on Rebooted. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. We have a whole catalog of cinematic favorites that you might be asking us to do. Chances are we've probably already done it. So go back and take a look. Uh, please stick with us. We're going to try and do these as, as much as our work and life allow us to do. Um, and tell your friends and tell your family and tell your enemies, tell your Egyptian alien deities about it. Uh, can it, where can the people find us? Um, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and review if you like it. If you don't like it, don't rate it and don't review it. <laughs> we don't want that energy over here. <laughs> um, you can also find us on social media at Rebooted Pod, pretty much everywhere, except for we're not on TikTok. I think that's the only other relevant social media I- right now. I feel like that's on you. I I have zero idea. Under, I'm I'm too should old of a pay, millennial to get into it. Should we pay for a blue check on Twitter? What was it eight bucks? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? <clears throat> Let's beat all those other podcasts that kind of do what we do, and <laughs> let yeah. beat them to it. Yes. Um. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Give give our regards to King Tut, butt face. I put my little spin on that. Tastes like chicken.